0: Welcome to the Bleep Bulimia podcast with guest Deborah Wayne, founder and CEO of the International Chronic Pain Institute. Hi everyone, I am Laurie I am the host of Bleep Bulimia, and I am so pleased today to have Deborah Wayne with me. She is the founder and CEO of the International Chronic uh, Inst- uh, Chronic Pain Institute. The reason why I wanted Deborah to come on here is because what really inspired me to ask her to be a guest is because she has high high speed healing and I want to know more about that so Deborah, thank you so much for coming here and being a guest and can you please tell us a little bit about your background and then let's move forward with why I asked you to be here
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And hello, everyone. It's really a pleasure and honor to be here and to talk about this important subject. Um, A little about me is that I personally have been through um, a bulimia, anorexia experience many, many years ago. And that's actually was part of my turning point and helped me to end up doing the work that I do today. Um, I didn't get here by any beautiful uh, roses and unicorns and uh, Love and light. I got here because my health crashed and burned and I had chronic pain from head to toe and my hair was falling out and I had ulcers and horrible PMS and I was, I became addicted to painkillers and then addicted to caffeine and sugar and binge eating and i would sit and eat two pints of ice cream at night just to numb out the emotions that i didn't even know i had and i went on like this for 14 years and one morning this is over 30 years ago now i I woke up one morning and i was just flat lying on the floor of my closet and i couldn't get dressed and i couldn't go to work and I couldn't stop crying, and I was having suicidal thoughts, and I knew there was a bottle of pills in my drawer, and I could just, you know, I was going through the, the motions in my head of ending it. And and the ironic thing is, If you had seen me, Laurieann, from outside looking in, I had a beautiful life. I had a big, beautiful home, a handsome husband, a new BMW in the garage, money in the bank, a great career, like nobody knew. But I was bankrupt inside and I was so unhappy and I used pills and lotions and potions and shopping and eating to cover over the pain. And it stopped working for me. And that day was my turning point. And I screamed out at the sky of the ceiling to a God I did not believe in at the time. And I had what you would call a spiritually transformative experience that I was not expecting. And literally within seconds, and you have to understand, I had 14 years of nothing but anxiety and depression. I had no other feelings. I was worried all the time. I had a critical committee in my head. I was never good enough, never felt like I fit in, had a hole in my gut. Just It was unfillable, no matter what anyone said. But on that day, after screaming this prayer of desperation, the closet was filled and engulfed me in this love and peace that I had never felt before. And I stopped crying immediately. I knew I was going to be okay an inner voice said, you just need to get up and get some help. And I told, started, I picked up the phone and called a professional. I started telling the truth about how I really felt. Quit trying to fake it till you make it. And my healing began. And I, um, I mean, I could go on and on because it it really was an incredible, the next year and a half of my life was highly transformative. And it began the foundation of all the work. When you fast forward that I've been doing for many years now, I started to unlearn and relearn a lot of things. And I began um, to practice meditation again, which I had dropped. And in meditation, I had a series of experiences that revealed to me that everything is energy and everything's vibrating and it's it's constantly changing and i wasn't stuck like i thought i was and that i started to become aware of life force energy that was flowing through my body and through my hands and that this was going to be used to for first healing me and then other people now i didn't just go jumping for joy and telling everyone, because I thought they would lock me up if I started sharing this, right? And I come from a medical family. So they're all about show me the data. I had no data. I was hearing an inner voice. Okay. And I trusted it. And I knew it was real beyond shadow of a doubt and so I, I a lot of things transpired i won 't go into the whole long story, but basically, I went back to school. I stacked on a bunch of degrees. I tiptoed around this energy healing for quite a few years until I worked out my own fears and doubts and started to and, and healed myself and then started to work with other people and had enough data, enough proof for me to feel confident to go out in public and say, you know, you have to know about this. And that was the birth of the high-speed healing. And I've since then worked with literally hundreds of thousands of people. Yes, virtually. I started out with a physical office, but about six, seven years ago, I closed my office. I started working virtually long before the pandemic hit. And I have worked with people in 160 countries that, I've never met, some of them I've never spoken to. And I help people really get their lives back on track and, and re- completely regenerate their thinking, their emotions and their energy field. And when you, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. I know you have questions about that high-speed healing method, but this is transformative. And I've watched people who have been told, there's nothing we can do for you. You are going to die you're going to live like this the rest of your life. You're going to need to learn to manage and cope with this pain or this problem or this issue or live on drugs. And I've helped those people. Those are my people. And I've watched them transform and get their lives back, their energy back, start doing what they love with the people they love and, there's nothing I'm more passionate about now, even though this wasn't on my goal list (laughs) to be doing this work. I had no clue I would ever be doing any of this. So again, thank you for having me today and allowing me to spread the word because I don't think a lot of people know there's hope when they hit a certain point, like I was at.
0: Well, you're absolutely right there. And I love that doing things with people you love. I love that critical committee, Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, our listeners, uh, this being called bleak bulimia, obviously that will be the the primary listeners, but I also have so many different um, guests that talk about other things, but, uh, and being bankrupt aside, those are three things mm-hmm. that I could totally connect with. Cause I don't know if you know my history, but I went through 30 years of being bulimic and I've been 11 years recovered. Um, through those 30 years, there weren't the people there that I knew I, I, at the beginning, I did have one on the onset, but then I moved away from her because I got married mm-hmm. and she was, she was really good. But then I, I lost myself because I couldn't find another person like that. Right. And, and that's why I, I put this podcast together is to find people like you, Deborah, to find people Who can give, and you're saying that too, like, oh, you're never going to recover. I mean, I I look at, you know, groups that say, I'm never going to recover. I'm always going to go back again. I'm thinking I'm 11 years and let me tell you, I don't want to go back. I am fully recovered.
1: I love that because I see these groups and they're, they're reinforcing the disease. They're reinforcing the problem. And I identify so much with you. Um, My healing began when I found that first person. And and I started to tell the truth and she was, you know, such a great mentor for me. And that's why I started to heal. I had to have another person. You can't do this by yourself. No, you can't.
0: And uh, so, yeah, so let's move on to, because I know there's a couple more things. You also know that you're an author. So I want to hear about that too. But please let uh, the listeners know, how did you come up with the high speed healing? What does it entail? Uh, If you can give us a little few tidbits on that, that would be great.
1: Sure, so uh, when I first began working with people, um, I I discovered, well, I had a really profound experience um, with the energy flowing through my hands and knowing this was to be used for other people. And I had quite a few experiences within a small circle of people where I saw actual instantaneous healing results. And I knew I had to do this. And um, there was no teacher for this. It was an internal intuitive guidance that developed this for me. And I followed it and experimented and took notes like a scientist and, and and kept documenting what I was doing. And eventually, this is way back in the early 1980s, I became a Reiki master just to have something to call it because I at least found some people who were, understood what I was you know, to some degree what I was doing, but I knew Reiki wasn't really what I was doing, but it gave me some kind of framework. And then I became a yoga teacher. And I also realized, my God, this is ancient wisdom. They've been talking about the invisible energy field, these subtle bodies that surround the physical. And they talked about this for thousands of years. That's what helped me become more comfortable. And I started offering sessions to my students and i began to have really profound healing experiences i'm talking people who had been binge eating for 17 years and in less than an hour stopped i had people with 30 years of fibromyalgia pain and they were told there is no cure and in less than an hour they are pain-free and This went on and on. And believe me, I was as shocked as you look. And I I started thinking, how can I not share this with the world? I have got to get over my fear and self-consciousness. And it still took me quite a long time, but I did. Well, after working only with the energy method for quite a few years, I found there was a percentage of people, maybe about 10%, who um, did not fully heal after a series of the energy, the high-speed energy healing experiences, they, you know, I would do a series of sessions with people. Most of them were good and they would go on their merry way and go back to living. But even, you know, sometimes it would be a month later or a year later. It was different amounts of time. They would call and say, the pain is back or the issue is back. What do you think it is? And I would have a conversation with them. And in every single case, I discovered it was either a False idea or habit of thinking or belief that they were having that they didn't know about that was contributing to the pattern that they're trying to get rid of, or they had emotions that were buried and suppressed and repressed and denied. And this was a huge contributor to the the pain, the patterns, and the symptoms that were coming back. So in every case, I saw this and I went, oh my God, I have to help everyone understand how powerful the mind and the emotions are and that they are affecting the physical body. It's when I started to uh, form my pain-free living program. And that became part of the whole high-speed healing method. So now what I do is I try to really encourage everyone to learn specific tools. I take them step by step through a process where they learn to find and release damaging thoughts and damaging destructive emotions that they're not usually aware are contributing to the problem and the pattern and the pain and the symptoms. And then I do the work still in the energy field, which speeds up the entire process. And also what's so great about it is it helps bring up what's in their unconscious mind that could take years of talking to dig that out. And they may not, never remember Somebody's. of these, um, imprints, I call them, the disturbances come from childhood, even from in the womb. We we can take on the emotional climate of the mother. We can take on the patterns, the habits of the environment we're soaking in, literally in the womb or in our early childhood, in this first eight or nine years. And people don't remember that those things. They don't they don't remember it, but it comes up, I can find it in the energy field. So I help you know, those three areas, the mind, the emotions and the energy field. And what I found was when people are willing to to look deeply in those three areas, there's nowhere else to look. So if they're willing and teachable, they can heal. And it's just been remarkable ever since I really discovered this and started enforcing it and, you know, really encouraging people to go deeper than just letting me do the work for them in the energy field alone. That's absolutely
0: wonderful. And, and you're absolutely right. There are things that we forget as children. Um, I have an incredibly great, what my ex husband used to say, remembery. I love that word. I know it's a memory, but it's a remembery. So it's like, remember my thought. And, uh, I can't say that there was really anything that I took in. I had to make the choice of how I related to it. But I know that there's a lot of people who have gone through a lot more trauma than I ever have in my life. Yeah. And that's where it gets really buried. It is as you know, that's where the 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 more the trauma Gosh, the deeper it goes, right?
1: Absolutely. And I I love working with trauma because again, with the high speed energy healing, I've never seen in anything I've studied or practiced or experienced, I've never seen a healing modality that brings the trauma up and out as rapidly as this. And I'm talking, I work with people with severe, severe trauma. I mean, it's painful to listen to the stories. That's how, how how traumatic it is. But I watch them transform sometimes within a week. It is, it, they're unrecognizable and they're not spending 10 years talking about it or reliving it or it's not re-triggering it. They may have an emotional release and, and some people literally observe the trauma coming up and don't even go through the emotions of it again, which is very exciting. Um, the people that need to feel something and learn to that their feelings will not devastate them, they will feel. They'll learn they don't have to be afraid to feel. And then they're not afraid to live life because, as I'm sure you know, with trauma, what people end up doing is pulling back and isolating. And they're afraid to take risks and get into relationships. They don't trust. They don't talk. They don't tell. And, and the world becomes very, very small. And that's not living. Now, I had a question for
0: you. Speaking of talking, mm-hmm. uh, I know that, you know, having been in this world and uh, and coaching people, but this is why I'm so fascinated by the, the you know, like I said, your, um, your high speed healing. Mm-hmm. There are some people, though, that do talk a lot, but then they lose their friends. Yes. Do you understand that? So one of... The, you know, my client said to me, she goes, well, I'm losing my friends. Yes. And I said, because they don't want to hear it because they, and it's not that they don't want to hear it. They don't know. And I bet you, you can finish my sentence.
1: Well, it's threatening to them, to their reality. And I just had this conversation last night with a client who had a huge awakening himself and discovered all the trauma and the pain and started to let it go. And literally, I mean, he looked like 10 years younger and had a different confidence about him and started to recognize he's going to live his life from a different place. And he said, what is going on, Deborah? All the people around me are dropping like flies. I haven't even said a word, but I'm too positive for them now. And um, what happens is, is we literally are we live in a vibrational universe. And when our mind changes, when our emotions come up and we more freely express them instead of pretending to be somebody or being inauthentic or saying yes when we mean no, or just being polite or stuffing who we really are, we're, we're not really fully expressing our true nature, our true vibration. And when we start expressing that, even people who like you said, they're not aware, they're they're not purposely doing anything, you know, to um, judge you, but they are living in a box that makes them feel very safe and comfortable. And if somebody steps outside that, that reality, they can't handle it. They're not ready to handle it. They don't have the desire or the tools or the pain or the symptoms to force them to have a wake up, call, like I did, like your clients do, and like you did. And so they just need to be where they're at, and they, they may not relate to you any longer. And, and some people will know, and they, they will know that you are different now, and they won't like it. They will lose control over you. They would They like you better the way you were, and they will either try to pull you back down to their vibrational level... Their mental, their mental understanding, their mindset, or they will sometimes get in your face and become angry and loud and bullying even um, and threatening. And if they see they can't control you, they will either change or they will drop out of your life. And, you know, we have to learn to let people go. We, we, we have to learn this is part of our spiritual evolution that not everyone's going to grow at the same rate. My whole life changed. Now, this is not true for everyone, but in my case, everything changed in my life. The career, the husband, the house, everything changed. My understanding about myself, but you know what happened in that process? I found myself. I had lost myself. I'm not sure I ever knew myself until everything changed. So... So
0: so there, there's two sides of that. So you're saying that when somebody finds themselves, that's great. But also when somebody is struggling through yeah. their, so in this particular case, I'm going to talk about bulimia. And then they've got a friend that they have as a confidant or, or a couple of friends they have confidants and all of a sudden they're saying, I'm losing my friends yeah. because they're talking too much about it. Like, this is why I bring You know, my guess on like you, Deborah, is because what that person has to understand, that's too much for her friend.
1: It is. They don't have right? the tools to deal with the emotions or the complexity. They don't re- relate to it. And yeah. so, you know, they can listen for a little while, but then they, they literally draw a blank. They don't have a clue what's going to be helpful for you. They can even say you're dragging me down. Don't be negative, which is very important that you don't buy into that because you need to recover and you need to talk about it, but with appropriate people. Right. And your friends can't be your therapists And that's why you have to find the right support with people who do understand and can help you. You, you know, our friends can't be that for us a lot of the times. No, and, and and we shouldn't put that
0: on them. I mean, I know what I did. I'm I'm not gonna lie. But then they start to shut me off. So then I start to lie. Yes. Right. Say, oh, I'm okay. I'm recovered. And then I start to hide and lie, right. which right. was against my values. Yes. So really, just find help. And that's what I'm I'm really pushing towards. A um, couple of other things. Y- you you did a whole bunch of stuff. Like you were a dancer. You were like, I mean, I was amazed by your biomes. And they're going, "Wow!" I thought I did everything that I wanted to do. But I'm going, "Wow! You're pretty impressive." Tell us a little bit about your background growing up, a little bit, and then let's move on to your
1: book. Okay, great. Yeah, no, in fact, it's interesting, you brought that up, because I can see look in hindsight, my dance career shaped my mindset to be constantly focused on trying to be the perfect weight, which fed into my bulimia and anorexia. I um, I was told at at the age of four, I knew I wanted to be a dancer. And I was, uh, I had a cousin who was a ballerina and I'm like, I want to do that. So I started going to dance classes. I I did show signs of talent. Um, But I had a very strict Russian ballet teacher who said, you will never be a dancer. You're too short. Your feet are too big. Your neck is not long enough. You don't look the part and started to make me feel really uncomfortable about my body. And Part of me was angry and was like, I'll show you. And part of me was like, oh, my God, like, I'm never going to be good enough. So I went through years of training. I mean, literally three times a week after school, I would go for classes. I was I started to perform at a very young age. Then in college, I majored in it as well. And all I could think about was becoming skinnier and maybe that would make me good enough And there was in those years, there was a strong emphasis on being this perfect weight. And I would weigh myself 20 times a day. I would starve myself and then I would binge eat to make up for it because I was starving. I got so weak at one point. I weighed 75 pounds and I had to hold myself up to take a shower. And I even had a ballet teacher say, I'm worried about you. Your leotards are bagging on you. Now, when your dance teacher tells you that, something's wrong. And I would say, no, you're crazy. I'm fat. And I just, you know, it it all fed into this mindset of not enough, not good enough, not pretty enough, not thin enough, not smart enough, not jumping high enough, whatever it was. And I just, you know, I just couldn't get over that for years. And so it was a fabulous time in my life. In the worst time of my life together, you know, if I if I could un- redo it with what I know now it would be different. And that's where, you know, later years when I went back into the yoga world and became a yoga teacher, I was able to do it with a healthy um, mind and body and spirit. And and it, it didn't replace my dance career, but it certainly was the next chapter um, And I had a background in the visual arts as well. I became a world known glass artist. And, you know, what I see, though, from all of this is that my dance and my visual arts, my meditation, my yoga, all the things that I love to do, they were training me to become very sensitive to energy to my own energy and to the energy around me in space and to the energy that you start to understand the information when you meditate, that you can activate your intuition. I I became very empathic to other people's energy. And all of this fed into the career that I, you know, all the work that I do today. I didn't know it at the time though. And and it's funny, the way you describe, you've done so much, People, people would say to me, what are you doing now, Deborah? Because I was always doing something new and they were like, most people I knew did the same thing for 30 years, day in and day out. I just, I've never been made that way.
0: I wonder if there's some sort of correlation with that because there's a lot of people who get, you know, itchy about doing Mm -hmm. something else. I mean, I can't tell you how many different, you know, industries I've been in and different loves I've had and passions I've had. Um, I don't know that'd be an interesting you know what you say talk about data whether that's intrinsic to the person that needs healing because are we looking for something but everything that we do is passionate though I would imagine like Deborah everything you did was everything I did was yeah but it was almost maybe is there an accomplishment fulfillment closure kind of thing maybe that comes into that.
1: Totally. When I was done with something, I knew I was done and I had to move on. It wasn't really, it didn't feel like a choice or a conscious goal. It was just one thing led me to the next chapter of my life. And, you know, it's interesting. There are some tests and and I think that there really are certain personality types that are more creator types that like to build something from nothing. And that's what energy healing is, and that's what art is, and that's what healing in general is. And it, it's not for everybody. It would, for some people, it would just terrify them to live the way we do, but, and they need more consistency. And thank goodness there are people who can steadily do the same thing day in and day out, but that would kill me if I had to do the same thing every day all day. So, you know, just different, um, different DNA codes that make us up.
0: I really like that. It would kill me too. So that's awesome. Um, Tell us about your book, please. I'd like to know more about that.
1: I wrote a book along the way called why do I still hurt rapid relief for chronic pain, depression, anxiety, trauma, and more. And I wrote this book for those people who would call me and say, why do I still hurt? Why is the pain back? Why is the binge eating back? Why is the, why do I, you know, can't sleep or have migraines like What's wrong, Deborah, it was gone and now it's back. And it it is a book, but it's also a workbook to start your healing process. And it's going to help you go deeper with the conversation that we're having here today so that you can start to look at the hidden reasons that always lie at the root and they're hidden from view. They don't show up on diagnostic tests. You may not be consciously aware of these hidden reasons because what most people are doing, as I'm sure you know, Laurie is they're looking at the symptoms and they're saying, let's just get rid of this symptom and then I'll be happy or I'll feel better or I'll lose weight or I'll stop eating, but you have to go deeper. So the book describes what's hidden from your view. And I would love to give everyone a free copy of a digital copy that you can download to any device. Now, if you want a copy that you can dog ear and underline like I do, you will have to go to Amazon. But otherwise, if you go to my website, you can actually, I'll give you a special link that we can tell them here um, or on the website, but they can download a digital version to any device today. And so if, they, if, any, if, you, if listeners will go to internationalcpi.com forward slash gift, G-I-F-T, you will be able to get this as a gift. And I'd love to hear from you. Any questions you have, any discoveries, any changes, any success stories, just reach out over email. I always would love to hear and know what happens as a result of the book. I love when people write to me about it.
0: That's beautiful. And, and to my listeners, please, if there are exercise in, in exercises in the book, if you can actually either print it out or purchase it on Amazon uh, it does make a difference when you're doing the exercises. I know this, I'm really big on that because when you write something down, it embeds it itself more into your brain. So um, I think it's fantastic. And I would love for people to know where to find you, how to get a hold of you. Uh, I would imagine that you have programs that people go through that you can offer them. So, where would they find you, Deborah?
1: You can find me at internationalcpi.com. And you'll find the services that are offered there. There's something for everyone. I take a handful of urgent clients one on one. I have an, um, an introductory session if you're not sure, but you, kind of, you know you're intrigued and you want to explore this deeper. And you want my eyes and ears and intuition on you. I also have a group program. and I also have um, a teaching platform where you can, you know, come for a month or come for two years, and you can come and go as you like and just explore deeper all of this interesting area of energy healing and the hidden reasons. There's just something for everyone at every budget as well. So um, please feel free to reach out with any questions you have, and you'll see the programs and the services uh, on the website.
0: That's beautiful. And I do want to also say to my listeners, I know the word we're talking about bulimia is for men and women. Yes, uh, I know that I say bleep bulimia, and bleep midlife bulimia as well because midlife. Uh, I think they have shame in coming out and chatting. Please do not have shame. Come out, get some help, and it's I love that you you know it's less intimidating if they want to just go on check what's going out, right. um, and and what can be done, and and I seriously appreciate your time right now because uh, and the other thing too that I do know. Uh, that can happen to a lot of women's fibromyalgia. I have a, a sister who struggled through it. I've got a neighbor who did. Uh, don't discount it, but I, but if you can help with that, that's really big. And I would imagine, and I don't know because I am not a doctor and I'm just saying that, but uh, you know, if you're struggling with bulimia and fibromyalgia at the same time, um, really please seek out help and 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 support and and that's why i have deborah here to you know reach out to i again i really appreciate it and to also to my listeners uh please read the notes um if you're on the link buzzsprout there is going to be a link with uh, the book to also Amazon if you want to purchase it and dog ear it like I love to do. I love to highlight things. and <laughs> I love to do the exercises. Uh, but if not, there's also going to be in the notes the link to the PDF. So again, thank you very much, Deborah. I really appreciate having you here today. It's
1: such a pleasure to be here, and I love what you you know just shared because with fibromyalgia it often does link to bulimia or you know some type of eating disorder, and unfortunately there's a in my opinion, and I'm not giving medical advice, but I've worked with tens of thousands of people with, who had been given that label and they're walking around pain-free today, but the information that's given is that there's no cure, no, there's nothing we can do for you, you're gonna have to live with this. It is, in my experience, reported by lots of people that I work with that that is not the case and you can read the testimonials on my website. So please, you'll see success stories about binge eating, bulimia starvation yo-yo dieting um, all types of physical pain fibromyalgia arthritis everything under under the sun from migraines to thyroid to cancers to tumors and cysts i mean it's amazing what's possible if you're open and willing to just get some help so i'm here for you and i thank you so much Laurie, for allowing me to share my message. And I I hope people leave today knowing there really is a reason to have hope. And you just need to take the next small step, just one step, and not give up. Absolutely. Again, appreciate
0: you so much. Thank you so much, Deborah, for being here today. Pleasure. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to visit me at bleepbulimia.com.